0: Lord God in heaven, God, that's what we need to do today and each day is uh, just to totally give it all over to you, God. We won't be complete. We won't have our needs met. We won't uh, experience everything that we can experience without you, God, and laying our lives before you and say, God, be my Lord, be my Savior, be my Master. Show me, Lord God. And God, I know there are so many people that come to church on a day like today and Uh, We come with burdens. We come with hurts. And God, that's where we can just surrender it and put it at your feet. Knowing that you hold us tight in your hand. Knowing that you are the answer to all of life's issues and circumstances. We can go to you, God, and say thank you for being in control. And God, there are some here that are coming in that little bit... uh, little bit off and we're just wondering about what's going on in our world and our life God we can surrender it to you Lord we ask that you would do a mighty work in in Washington we ask that you would do a mighty work here in Phoenix we ask that you do a mighty work with, with our missions wherever it is God we can surrender it to you and we say to you be the glory God use us and use this land for your glory and we pray that you would so everything God we put before you and Lord we want to prepare our hearts we want you to speak and so we willingly open up. As we open your word, we're not gonna get anything unless you give it to us. We can't make something happen. So God, we want more of you. We ask that you would fill us, that you would speak to us, that you would reveal to us. Bless this church. Bless this time. In Jesus' name, and the church says, amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Well, that was Laura. And Laura, thank you so much for leading us in worship yeah you know it's just a big blessing to have have people like her come and and no we can't hire her she's not open so you know you can just pray well we'll, god will bring the right person for us but you know i just want to say if if you're out there i'm in here there's smoke i can't see too well (laughs) happy palm sunday can you believe it it's already here I mean, Easter is right around the corner, and I think today, you know, we, we celebrate the triumphal entry. I, and Just a few months ago, we just finished up Christmas, and I said to the staff, okay, let's get, let's get our game hat on. It's Easter time. And they said, whoa, 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 whoa. We just got done with Christmas. And I go, I know Easter is gonna be here. And here it is. It's right before us. It's Passion Week. This is an exciting time in the calendar for Christians and our lives of what it truly means. And I want to read to you briefly out of the Gospel of John. And, and I just love the account of Palm Sunday. And it reads this in chapter 12, verse 12. And it says, On the next day, a large crowd had, may, had come for, to the feast, and they had heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. And they took branches from palm trees, and they went before, out to meet him and began to shout, Hosanna! Blessed be he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. You see, these people were ecstatic. They were coming. They heard the wonderful news about Lazarus being raised from the dead. They wanted to see this Jesus for who he was. They didn't know what he was going to do. They hoped he would be king. They wanted a king. They wanted somebody to rescue them, they thought, from the Romans. But the reality is that they were looking. They were looking not for what they were hoping for, desired. They didn't know what they needed. But there was an exciting time. And it's an exciting time as, as Jesus, as he, as he looked out and he knew the week in front of him was going to be a packed week. There was a lot to happen. There were five wonderful parables that he shared. And then we can also read that, that what did he do? He, he um, denounced the scribes and the Pharisees. He washed the disciples' feet. He, he gave wonderful answers to questions that were so difficult for people to wrestle with. And then he gave us and enacted the communion table, which we will celebrate today. If you're a Jesus follower, you get to celebrate that with us. He did so much, he, he cleansed the temple for a second time. And that it was all victory and victory and wonder. But then there was hardship. We knew that, he knew that he was going to be betrayed. His friends were going to leave him. He knew that he would have to stand trial and be beaten and flogged. And and he knew that he would be put on the cross. He knew that sorrow was there. He knew that there was going to be hardship. As he looked over Jerusalem, and according to the Gospel of Luke, what did he do? He wept because they missed their opportunity. He was sad. Yet he, he went through it all. Why? As in Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the shame and even death on the cross. He knew what was to come. He knew that he was to endure it, yet he looked to glory. But you know what? He still had to endure it. He still had to go through Passion Week. He still had to go through the pain. And how did he how did he do that that power? Where did he get the the, the, the need? Where did he get the, the the help? Just as us, where do we get our help? Where do we get our, our needs met? Where do we get the strength to endure? And we can learn from Jesus. We should always learn from Jesus. And we can see in the most difficult week of his life what he did. And church, we need to tap into that same power, and today I want to talk to you specifically about that. I want to talk about the power for the battle. Because we are in a battle. Jesus, do you think he was spiritually attacked that week? Oh yes. Knowing, sitting around the table that one of those men, and he knew exactly who, yet he washed his feet, was going to betray him. Wow. How do you endure something like that? Where do you get that power? Jesus was all man, yes, and he was all God. And he still had to do it like we do it. He was teaching us this way to get power. And Paul outlines this for us as we look into Ephesians where we get this power, and it is through this one word, prayer. And we often, we don't look at that word prayer, and we don't look at it as something as power. We kind of look at it as like, oh, it's a have to. It's boring. But Jesus constantly, what? He went out to pray in the morning. Yeah, that's where he got his power. He went out to connect with God. That's where he got his power. What did he do in the Garden of Gethsemane? He sweat blood before his crucifixion. Why? Because he needed power. He was there before God. He prayed. And church, that is our calling, is we need to be men and women who are about prayer. But often we kind of look at it going, no, I need to be just about this, the sword. I want to wield the sword of the Spirit. We talked about that last week. This is our offensive weapon, and we got to know how to use it so we can use it well. But the problem is, without prayer, you don't have the power to wield it. Without power, you don't have the power, without prayer, you don't have the power to, to know truly how to use it. Let me give you an example. In Exodus chapter 17, there's a story about Israel going to war with Amalek. And so they were at war and down in the valley. Who was there? Joshua and the Israelites. And and they were wielding the sword in power. But where was Moses? He was up on the hill in prayer, praying to God. You see, you want to wield great power, it takes prayer you want victory, it takes prayer. That is what we're here for. That is what we're all about. And Paul outlines it for us in chapter six and verse 18. He says this, he says, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. See, Paul outlines in this verse just simultaneously ways of how we are to pray. The method and the the reason. He says, this is what we need to do. And many of us kind of go, well, you know, God knows everything, right? Why do we need to pray to God? He knows our needs. He knows it. You know why? Well, we learn from Jesus. See, God doesn't need us. We need God, amen? If you want victory in a spiritual battle, you want victory on this earth, you, you need God. I mean, he's the one that saves, you can't, so you need him. He's the one that enables you, you can't, so you need him. He's the one that gives you the power to endure, the power to sustain, the power to overcome, the power for victory, you can't. See, I love A.B. Simpson, he put it very plainly. He said, prayer is the link that connects us with God. The world doesn't get this. You can be connected with God. And we lack that. I'm amazed how quickly I forget that you know what? I have access to the creator of the world, I have access to God through Jesus. And yet I don't tap into that power, I don't go to him. And people think it's a little nuts. People think Christians are crazy. Because it's one thing to talk to God. It's another thing for God to talk back, right? The world thinks you're good. I saw that on the, on the, on the five. You know, those ladies get around and talking, and one lady goes, hey, you know what? It's really great to hear God talk. That's great, or to talk to God, but when he starts talking back, that's when you're a loon. Christians, we should be loons. We should be those people that are so connected to God. And how do we get there? How do we get there? I have a few things I would like you to write down. The first one is we have to understand is this we need to connect with God's power by praying in all ways. See, a lot of us we like to pray, we got one way really down with God how we pray. Gimme, gimme, gimme. We do that. He's the He's the spiritual Santa Claus, right? Gimme mine. I want it now. And there's a variety of ways to pray. Yeah, we can pray for things for ourselves, most definitely. But how are we to pray? Paul outlines it. He says in these few words, he says, with all prayer and petition. See, he outlines it with two specific words. The word is prayer, okay? Prayer, we just kind of go, okay, yeah, prayer. What is prayer? Well, prayer, this general sense of prayer, it's a general prayer, as I prayed over you this morning, I prayed for surrender, that we would surrender our hearts. That was a general prayer for all. As we pray, maybe the Lord's prayer, our Father who art in heaven, a general prayer. A prayer for our nation, general prayer. And so we, we petition God, we, we put this prayer out to God. That's what it is, it's these general ones. So we can pray that way, and we should. But there's this other one, it's called petition. And petition is a big one. Petition is a prayer where we go before God with that specific need. It's like, hey, God, I got a mole on my back. It's not looking too good, Lord. Take care of that, please. You know, Joe, he's in the hospital. Take care of him. God, I have a financial problem. I have a crisis coming. My relationship here is not well. I have this issue. God, take care of that. Help me with that. Sustain me, oh God. Give me more grace so I can endure. Those are, those are petitions. And I think a lot of us, we have those petitions, don't we? And we should go to God with those, and we should be happy to give those over to him. But there's also other prayers you can find in Philippians chapter 4. There's this word called thanksgiving. And I'm not talking about eating. I'm talking about giving thanks as you pray. I tell you, if you start giving thanks when you pray to God, even in your petition. It's going to change your mindset. Going, God in heaven, please heal this person. Touch them, oh God. Touch me, and thank you, God. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you are there for me, even though I can't see it right now. You're going to be trusting in him. See, that's a wonderful place to be. It will change. It will melt you. It will change who you are. But the other aspect of of thanksgiving is a lot of times, so often we go to him and we ask for things, take some time and thank him for what you have have you ever done that because you go there and what we'll be petitioning is happens to me as i'm going before the lord and all of a sudden i go thank you god thank you that i have a wife that actually likes me let alone loves me <laughs> hey, man i am a blessed person for having that thank you god that i have i have a roof over my head thank you for that thank you i have a car I can get from point A to point B and the AC works great in Arizona thank you God I mean start thanking God for what you have so often we complain about what we lack how much R do you have see in that same verse in Philippians as it says with thanksgiving it uses the word supplication that's actually just so you know that's the same word in Greek for petitions and so we give God our thanksgiving we give God our petitions we give God our prayers and then there's this other one that many of us don't do there's an intercession we intercede for people we step, we step into the gap for somebody we say this person John he's out there and he needs some prayer and so God I'm going to pray for his salvation I'm going to pray for that person's healing I'm going to pray for them but there are other forms of intercession and it's dangerous There's the intercession of, Lord, they're hurting. May I have some of his hurt so I can walk beside him and alleviate his pain. Give me that emotional hurt. God, let let me endure something for him. That's a dangerous prayer, but I tell you that is an honor to do for people. That's a deep one. Well, we're going to get into intercession a little bit later, but intercession can be such a wonderful place for the believer to step in the gap for somebody. There's many ways, there are many ways for us to pray. And we need to be people that are vigilant and going after it, because if we are, that's how we're connecting with God's power. We're going before God. But the next one, we, how we connect is this. We need to connect with God's power by praying always. See, all the time. We need to be people that pray all the time. Be involved with God all the time. Now, I know some people are going, well, Tom, you know, I'm a salesman. I have to use my mouth to talk to people, and it's, you know, uh, how am I gonna do that? I got this thing to do. Or somebody might be in the trades, and you're like, I swing a hammer for a living. And you know, when I'm doing that, if I'm praying all the time, I might hurt my thumb. That's not a good idea. I gotta stay focused, right? Right? And we kind of go, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm a teacher. I'm teaching these kids, and it's, I'm going to go insane. Well, you should really be praying. But the reality is, is we should be people that are praying always. Look what it says here. It says, pray at all times. It doesn't get any more clear than that. But what does that mean? That means you are to be in constant communion with God. Constantly open to God. In that relationship, you need to be somebody that is, that is involved with God, having a heart geared toward God. That's where you need to be. And most of us aren't like that. Let, let me give you a, a, a basic analogy. Uh, you know, about a month ago, my daughter, she was driving from a really sketchy part of Phoenix to, um, to a girlfriend's house. And it was like 1130 at night. And I'm like, as a dad, I'm just like, this is terrible. She needs a tank. You know, and, and I'm just like, okay. She's a, and she calls us up, and we're we're actually in the car, or no, we're we're in bed, and she calls us, and and, and she goes, well, what do I do? And I go, okay. And she, well, you can't drive and talk to us. She goes, I know. So she got us on FaceTime, and she put us on the seat next to her. So I'm looking at my daughter's nose the whole time as she's driving, and we're talking to her, and she's talking back. But then there was moments and long quiet spells. And I could see her, and we're reading in bed, and she's she's driving, and then every now and then I'd say, Okay, have you come to this place yet? And she goes, I'm not there yet. Okay, keep us posted. How you doing? Okay. What's going on? Just past the street, don't talk to me now. You know, she freaks out, and, and I'd say, Okay, it's okay. You see what happened there? For you old school people, it's called the phone is off the receiver. You young people have no idea what I just said. (laughs) You take the phone off. You're in constant FaceTime with God. You're, You're involved in God, but you aren't talking with him, but you have a direct and open link to God. Why? Because he might want to tell you something, and you might need to tell him something or ask him for something that is what it means to be constantly involved constantly a person in prayer in first thessalonians it says very plainly pray without ceasing that word ceasing is called intermission pray without an intermission you ever go to a play and you sit there and you watch the play and it's like okay bathroom break everybody goes right you never leave you're there and you are constantly involved, no intermission in your life with God. See, that is what's going to save the Christian. That's what's going to save us from the evil one. That's what's going to save us from those hardship is we are constantly open to God in constant communication. And that means you have to have a head towards God. So you're praying, you become a person of prayer, and your mind is on what? Godly things. You're focusing on Him. And so that's why when you start doing things that you know, don't give him glory, that's when you start to draw away from God. That's a good indication. See, if you're not in constant communion with God, there's something that's taking that place. And so we move and we, we see a progression here that happens. So we're praying that our hearts get turned to God. You see that. And then we do this. We connect with God's power by praying in the Spirit. Now, a lot of people from different church backgrounds have different ideas of what this means. A lot of us, we think, oh, we've got to have a special gift because here we go, we're going to be talking about praying in the Spirit. What does that look like? In Ephesians, it says this. It says, in the Spirit. So he says this. You're, you're, You're praying in petitions always in the Spirit. Always. You're communing with God always in the Spirit. So what does that look like? Let's take a step back. You know, we we talked uh, a few weeks back about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we talked what that looked like. And I'm gonna read to you out of Ephesians chapter five and verse 18. It says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. Meaning, you know, you get hammered, you get drunk, you really don't know what you're doing. You're not sure about that. And so what's the opposite of this? And he says this, and it says, but... Be filled with the Spirit. And that word be means it's a constant. It's not a one-time time time that happens. This is something that happens all the time. We are called to be constantly filled. Now, what does it mean to be filled? Controlled. See, you are controlled by the Spirit. And so if you are controlled, what's the byproduct? Fruit. Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit is Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, and what? Self-control. See, you know you're involved. And so we see that we are somebody that is constantly filled. We are controlled by the Holy Spirit. There's going to be a byproduct. And look what the byproduct here is as well. And it says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to God. You see, there, there, there's, it's, a, it's an idea of the heart, the melody of you in sync with God. We take that as we pray in the Spirit. What do you do? You're continually praying without ceasing. You're involved with God and we see now your heart is in melody with God. That is what we're seeing here. So how does this come about? If you want to be in the Spirit, in this, this heart issue and wondrous connection with God, is first of all, Christians, we got to understand how to pray. See, we have to pray in the name of Christ. See, that's where it says, who is Christ? Christ is, is our high priest who takes our petitions to God. See, the Holy Spirit's job is to point people to Jesus. Not to ourselves. It's to point people and glorify God. That's his job. Help you to do that. And so what do we do? We pray in Jesus' name. That's why we do that. Many of us, we don't. Pray in my name. Pray in their name. God's name. But it's in Jesus' name. He's the one you're saved because of what Jesus did. You are, you're a child of God because what Jesus did he is the reason he's the way we, we pray so we take our petitions to God in Jesus' name and then we have to understand how we pray is we pray consistent with God's nature and will For when I was younger I thought God's will for me was when I was 18 I was supposed to have a million bucks I don't know apparently I was wrong. But I would go to God and say, God, I need a million dollars because I want to pay off my parents' house and uh, I want to bless people and uh, I want a car and I want all the stuff for me, 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 me. See, what I was seeking was self. See, we are called, what is God's nature? To bring glory to God because he's the best thing. We point people to God. It's his will that our lives bring glory to him because that infects others. That's what we do. And in his nature, we go, God, let you be glorified in this as we pray for somebody. Lord, I pray that they would be coming to know you. Why? Because that would bring glory to you, God. And it would help them out a lot too, right? But we do these things. We pray into God's nature, not for selfish desires, but for, for what God would do for you. That's why a lot of times we don't think God answers our questions. It's just because we're coming with the wrong attitude in our prayers. And we need to give God glory. And then finally, we pray in concert with the Spirit. In concert. I love that word. I'm using that word because why? Here we have worship and, and we, it sounded wonderful but it would really be weird if, if Dylan's over here and he's playing some reggae song on his guitar and then you got you got Masato over here and he's playing some Def Leppard or something I don't know some people don't know what that is either and, the thing, and, and, and he's there it does there's no melody there's no melody going on with the heart and in concert with the Holy Spirit, you have this melody, this joy, and you are open to God. So see how it works? You're praying. Then you have open communication. You're in communion. And what happens? The Spirit is now speaking to you, and so you know how to pray. You know how to pray for others. You, God is putting this person on your heart. How many people have just all of a sudden, it's like, this guy just came on my heart. I'm gonna pray for them. Anybody do that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, then, and then you just know, and you're aware of it. And, and we can say, okay, so this is how we're to do we're, This is how we're to pray. But a lot of us, we get sidetracked, and, and, and we get, we got issues. And that's why we read in, in Romans, in Romans chapter chapter 8, it says in verse 26, and in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Now, I want to stop there. So what's he doing? The Spirit of God is praying for you on your behalf because maybe you've got an issue and you're going, God, this guy is going gonna, is gonna to wreck his life. Please put something in his tracks that will make him Pause. God, they need strength. They are going to be under attack more than they even realize. Oh, God in heaven, I pray that you would give them strength, more grace to endure. See, he intercedes in your weaknesses when you don't know how to pray because you're ignorant of it. It's in your soul. It's in your life. You may not even see it. The Spirit searches all things. We see it very plainly in verse 27. It says, and he searches the heart's knows what the mind of the spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God what's the will of God to glorify God in heaven not to bring glory on yourself and so we go okay God wants us to live righteously and rightly the Spirit's going to intercede for us and help us in those in those areas and for each of us it's different church understand the Holy Spirit continually prays for us now that, is great news, amen? He continually prays for you. He's open to you. He wants you to have success. He's sitting there, I'm here for you. I'm praying for you, even when you least expect it. You ever wonder how you get out of a jam? How you survive? How you feel the strength to endure? The Spirit is there for you. And so church, we need to be in line with Him. And how do we do that? We have to understand this. We need to connect with God's power by praying diligently. Diligently. Always. Diligently means we, we can't give up. We endure it. We go forward with it. We stay on it. And so often we're not. You see, we're not diligent, and so we're not aware. There's this word called discernment. And when you're discerning something, you're more aware of what is going on. When you're diligently in tune with the Holy Spirit, being a man or woman of prayer, and you're going after it, you are well aware of the situation around you. You are well aware on how to pray for that person or that that person needs prayer. You're going, okay, I'm diligent. I'm going after it. God blesses you with discerning understanding. Look what it says here. Paul writes this. But with this, and with this in view... Be alert with all perseverance. You know who else said that too? Jesus. On the night he he was betrayed, he was in the garden of Gethsemane, and he took the disciples, and he says, what did he say to him?" He said, hey, be alert. Look what he said. And, And we see it here in Matthew. He says, keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. See, Jesus, he understood what he was up against. He went out to pray to get the power. And he's saying to his disciples, he goes, you better stay engaged, be diligent about this, so you will have the right discernment, the awareness of what is to come. But what do they do? They caught some Z's. I can just picture Jesus walking over and go, what are you doing? He kicks him, you know, get up, you gotta pray. This is some serious stuff going on. And what happened? When the crowd came for them, for him to arrest him, Judas kisses him. And then a disciple takes his knife and lunges and cuts off a servant's ear. Jesus heals the man, but he also rebukes his disciple. He says, put those away. And the disciples were afraid, and they ran away. Why? They weren't diligent. They weren't ready for, per- they weren't persevering. They weren't prepared. Their flesh was weak. And you don't want weak flesh. You want to be strong in that. You want to be people that are, that are stalwart and steadfast. Being diligent so you understand the situation at hand. See, a lot of Christians, we have the ability to discern good and evil, right and wrong, when to step away from something. We should know this. Some people go, oh, it's intuition. No, it goes so much deeper for a Christian. See, understand this, church. Discernment is having the ability to see truth. That means you can see it in a pastor, you can see it in a non-believer and a believer. You can see it in, in, in what somebody is saying. You can see it with some character in the mall that looks a little fishy. You know it. And you use that discernment of God putting it on your heart going, you know what, that, that person, they're driving erratically. They are weird. I'm getting away from them. That road rage thing is I'm backing off. God wants you to be involved with him so you have this discerning passion and understanding so that we can hold strong to him. That's what we're called to do. See, discernment helps us with this. When we're diligent and we're praying and we're involved in the word of God, not seeking our own agenda, we're gonna have victory here. You're gonna know a counterfeit, you know, pastor you'll know a counterfeit church. You'll know that 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 church is not being and doing what they are called to do. And so that is a wonderful thing. So you'll know how to respond in likeness and how you should be a man of woman in prayer. You should know that. So we, we are people that are diligent. And then finally, grab this one. We need to connect the saints to God's power in prayer. Did you know you can connect me with God's power. This is that word we're calling the intercession. You can intercede, intercede for me for, for God's glory. I can intercede for you. We Maybe you're not walking with the Lord. See, this is a fun one that I like to pray as a pastor. When I, when I see a believer that's not walking with the Lord, I pray that you'd be miserable. I do, it's a great prayer to pray. <laughs> Because, because why? I want the Holy Spirit to draw you going, why am I so miserable? It's because you're living in sin. It's because you're not living like God has called you to live. And I desire you, the Holy Spirit desires you to walk in tandem with him and victory with him in the power with him, not under your own. That's why Paul writes, he says, "And petition for all the saints. petition, what's petition? It's specific prayers. Lord, I pray that Joey would come back to you. Lo, Lord, I pray for the need of Mary as she's struggling in her marriage. I pray God that you would you would bless her in that in a way that, that she, only she knows it's from you, God, that you're on her side. Yet whatever that is is we petition the, the saints on their behalf. You can empower them. I, I, I just know sometimes it's, I'm getting prayed for and I just feel a, a relief. It's amazing. I know someone's praying for me. I don't know who it is. I, and I say, thank you, God. And that's a, that's a joy. There's a brother that always meets me on Sunday mornings and he I'm praying for you. You know, and he, and he says, how can I pray for you? And sometimes I even tell him the truth. And I just, you know, and... Well, isn't that funny? We don't like to tell people what we're hurting. It's like, you know, I had to get over that. Because it's not manly to tell somebody that I need prayer somewhere. And it's a joy when you share somebody, because then they can petition for you. They can petition for your needs specifically, rather than, oh, won't tell me, unanswered requests. You know, it's okay to say that. I just like the direct approach. Because we got to understand we're in this together. Look what it says here. Jesus, when he gave us the Lord's Prayer, he said, pray in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Do you see something unique about that verse? It doesn't say, my Father. It's plural. We're praying for each other. Our Father who art in heaven, glory to be you. Give us what we need, us. See, this is what we have to understand. This is a group effort. And, and we forget this. And Paul, as he's writing this, and he's saying to pray in this way, you know what he does? He gives the best illustration he gives himself. Let me read to you this illustration. Look at verse 19. And he says, And pray on behalf that the utterance may get, be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. So what's he saying? He's asking the church in Ephesus, here's how you pray for me. I need your prayer. And then he goes further. He says, for which I am an ambassador in chains that in proclaiming that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So he's saying now he's revealing his situation. So now we got two areas to pray for, right? How he's to communicate the gospel, but man, the guy's in chains. Help him, Lord. Then we see he goes further. But that you also know about my circumstances, how I, may, how I am doing to the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord will make everything known to you. So now he's going, and you know what? I am going to sing a messenger, tactitious to you so that you can know firsthand how to pray for the gospel on um, what we're doing. And then he goes further. And I have sent him to you for this very purpose so that you may know about us, you see, and that he may comfort your hearts. So he knows these people are going to hear the state of where Paul's at and they're going to they're going to feel oh, that's terrible. And and he wants to comfort them going, it is bad, but you know what? The gospel's being preached. Pray for me in this. See, that is how we are to be. Vulnerable. Open, real. See, Paul, he was a stellar Christian. He was the man that had it all, and he, was, he had revelations, one-on-one meetings with Jesus. I mean, that's crazy. I've never really had that. He, he wrote all the epistles by the Spirit, by his own hand. The Holy Spirit spoke to him. That's amazing. But what does he say? I need people to pray for me. Jesus, he needed people to pray with him. And John Chapter 17, Jesus, we call it the priestly prayer of Christ. As he's up there with the disciples in the upper room, what is he saying? He says, Father, keep them from the evil one. Jesus interceded for the disciples. That's who we're to emulate. Jesus went away to pray to get power. Jesus prayed for the disciples. Jesus prayed for himself that he would glorify God. Now, I'm going to speak directly to men because I'm one of them. You guys and me, we look at prayer sometimes as, as like, uh, it's not macho, it's boring. It's one of those things you do, and uh, it's just not me. I don't need to pray, and I don't want somebody praying for me because, you know, I, I don't want people to know. Jesus gave us a specific example time and time again, and he's more macho than anybody. For the joy set before him he endured the cross and died for you. We need to be men of prayer in our homes. Praying for our wives. Praying for our kids. Praying for our church. Praying for our nation. And all prayer and petition. And we need to be in unison with God. Because this is what the world needs. That's what being a man is. And Jesus showed us what it is. Church, We have to understand that if you think you don't need others to pray for you and you don't need to pray, understand how MacArthur put it like this. God cannot use a self-sufficient person. Such a person feels no need for God. When you aren't seeking God in prayer, I don't have need for you, God. I don't need a direct link to you because I can do it myself. God has no need for that in his church or in his ministry. He wants someone connected with him so he can give you the power that you need to survive, so that you can thrive, so that you can be a person worth reckoning with, so that you won't be tossed here and about by Satan and his schemes. We need to be men and women of prayer. Because this is a battle. I'm going to ask my brother Masato to come up. And we're going to take part in the Lord's Supper. And the Lord's Supper is a wonderful thing. It's something Christ gave us on the night that he was betrayed. For us to remember what he did. But also an opportunity for us to examine our souls. Because there's a lot of us, even in this room, that aren't living as we should. Maybe you don't feel connection with God, and the number one reason is probably, is you've got sin in your life. You've been ignoring God. And to, to not follow God's teaching in being a prayer person, that's a sin. And we need to confess it and realize where we're at. And that's called repentance. And maybe you don't know Jesus at all, and you don't know what I'm talking about. He died for you on that cross. Easter is for the sinner. It's for that person that realizes they need saving and there's no hope for them. Because the Christian, like Jesus, we can endure the shame of life for why the joy set before us, which is glory with God. But most people aren't gonna get that glory. They're not going to have the joy set before them unless you say, God, save me. See, that's what we're about. We want God to save us, to guide us, to rule in us, and give us the power we need for this battle that we're in. So I ask during this time that you would contemplate that. Let's pray together as the ushers come forward. Lord God, as we approach your table this morning, God, I pray that we would take it seriously, that we would look at the opportunity to examine our souls and our hearts and come clean with you, because really it's just between you and us, God. And Lord, we thank you that you give us this opportunity to remember the gift that you have given us and the power that you have given us. Jesus, we wanna say thank you. Be with us now at this time, in Jesus' name.